Zero Podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Week 8 is done, and happy Halloween. Um, well, I guess when you guys were listening to this, it's not Halloween, but it's Halloween right now. Um, and I guess also, happy NFL trade deadline. Again, when you guys are listening to this, trade deadline has passed, but we have a lot to cover in the uh, NFL weekly update. This episode, though, just me, uh, which is, thank God, because I've had to re-record this. I'm redoing this again uh, because I forgot to delete old files, and I'm using a Chromebook to record this if people didn't know. Uh, needed to have files to move space, and I deleted the intro, so now I'm redoing it again. Uh, so I guess let's just hop into the NFL Weekly Update right now and all the trades that have happened uh, starting off with Montez Sweat to the Bears for a second-round pick. Uh, we'll start off with the Bears side of the deal. Um, they're giving up an early second-round pick for Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat, though, has six and a half sacks on the season right now, which is the same amount as the Bears. Uh, so he's already, like, they need him. They need him badly. They're not going to find a guy like Montez Sweat in the early second at least you wouldn't think anyways. It's hard to find guys like that. Um, Montez Sweat, though, will come in immediately be the best defensive player. I'm interested to see what the defense now looks like. They kept Jalen Johnson also, who was rumored to be traded. But, I mean, they got Montez Sweat now on the defensive line with Edmonds and TJ Edwards at linebacker, Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson there in the secondary. The defense is rounding the shape. Obviously, they're still eons away from being a good contending team but I think Montez Sweat puts them a step in the right direction anyways people are complaining oh it's an early second he's not Chase Claypool he's going to be there he will they should give him a contract for the first in the foreseeable future anyways he won't be going the free agency I mean Sweat has all the leverage to get whatever deal he wants basically but he will he will be handsomely paid by the Bears and the Bears should be making him handsomely paid um, and on the commander side, I mean, that's fantastic. You're getting an early second round pick for Montez Sweat. Um, great job by GM Martin Mayhew, but, uh, commanders also decided to trade Chase Young for a, for a Niners third round comp pick that they've had. Um, so not even their own comp pick, uh, which kind of negates all the good doing from uh from Mayhew there because as good as boom you traded sweat for an early second rounder should be a top 40 pick you then give away Chase Young who probably had more trade value obviously he probably didn't if this is what you got back for him but you trade Chase Young away to the Niners for a comp pick when you could have just kept him for the rest of the season he could have signed somewhere else for a bag in the offseason and uh you would have got a third-round comp pick back. I guess only difference now is you're moving it up a year, but uh, doesn't make a ton of sense either way. But uh, whatever, uh, commanders are clearly rebuilding, retooling. I'll be interested to see how that defense looks now without their two starting edge guys playing. But uh, Niners side of the ball, though, um, 
Niners side of the ball, I mean, I can't believe that Nick Bosa, Chase Young reunited again, former Ohio State, Buckeyes, and that Chargers defensive line, just room in general, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, now Chase Young, and then their backup unit, Randy Gregory, Clellan Farrell, Javon Kinlaw, Drake Jackson. They just got guys. This is a very, very good Niners defensive line. I don't know if it's going to just be a one-year rental for them. They'll have him for the playoff run, whatever, and then he'll sign a bag. But even if he does, even if it's a one-year rental, they're basically giving away a comp pick to get a 2025 comp pick instead. So good move by John Lynch and the Niners. Uh, Very good move. Uh, We will keep going on to the next move here. Uh, Leonard Williams was traded to the Seahawks for a second-round pick. Some people might be thinking, whoa, that's a lot for the Seahawks to give up uh, for Leonard Williams. It's because the Giants retain most of his salary. Uh, Salary is very handsomely paid. Uh, He's a free agent this year, but this is a big help to the Seahawks defense, who we do like a lot. I really like this defense. And now adding Leonard Williams in the interior. Uh, Seahawks have a very scary defense. I will just say that I really like the Seahawks defense uh, for the rest of the year. Giants are just clearly in sell mode. They're not a good team. Um, And we saw that on Sunday. Goddamn. But, uh, they're shipping off guys. Apparently, they also tried to sell or trade uh, trade Adore Jackson to the Niners, but they couldn't get the paperwork done in time for that to happen. Uh, is what it is. Giants clearly, after making the playoffs last year, are back to being a bottom five team. Uh, next trade up, uh, Packers corner Rasul Douglas and a fifth round pick got traded to the Buffalo Bills for a third round pick. Uh, This is the corner help that the Bills have so desperately needed ever since Trey White has gone down. They tried Kair Elam again, their former first-round pick. That man is buns. He is cheeks. Just just not good. Just flat-out not good. He's been benched multiple times. He's not an NFL starter. That's for damn sure. Maybe a good special teamer. Let's let's see what he can do there. Keep him off the defensive side of the field. Uh, But they are bringing in... Rasul Douglas, who has been very nice for the Packers over the last few years. Uh, I guess he'll be playing next to Taron Johnson and Christian Benford, I believe, are the corners there uh, for the Bills. But uh, a good move to help kind of the bleeding of or stop the bleeding in that secondary. Uh, Hopefully that kind of gets the Bills defense back on track a little bit there. Uh, I guess we will see. Uh, Next move up, we have Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Lions for a six-round pick. Uh, And I mean, after after yesterday's game, Monday Night Football, with drops drops and a fumble from Josh Reynolds, I think they're just kind of like, okay, we need to get someone else in here other than Amon Ra and Sam Laporta, who are like bona fide studs. Jamison Williams is flash. He's also had a couple drops, though. So in comes DPJ for a six-round pick. Um... He will have his chance to earn his touches for the Lions. I guess we will see. Uh, Browns on the other side, though. I think DPJ just kind of fell out of favor with them. They're not really throwing the ball anyways because they just flat out can't with Watson and PJ Walker as their quarterbacks. Uh, And he's kind of been buried in the depth chart here a little bit. Obviously, Cooper is the number one. Elijah Morris kind of solidified himself as that number two. I think they like David Bell, so they're going to try to get him more involved maybe. Um, Yeah. 
keep going. Josh Dobbs to the Vikings for, I think it was Dobbs in a seventh to the Vikings for a sixth. Uh, the Vikings have their new quarterback after that Kirk Cousins injury, so Josh Dobbs continues to be a starter for the rest of the year. Um, and yeah, I mean, Cardinals were able to make that move because they're fine with rookie Clayton Toon, and now Kyler's back. So, uh, decent move for both teams. I don't think it really does anything for the Vikings of keeping their playoff hopes alive. Maybe the NFC does suck, but uh, I guess we shall see. Uh, last trade I have up here. Uh, Ezra Cleveland of the Vikings, guard, if you don't know, because probably not a lot of people know that name, uh, got traded to the Jags for a day three pick. I haven't been able to find actually what the compensation was, but Ezra Cleveland, since being drafted by the Vikings, has been pretty damn good. Um, So moving him over to the Jags on the last year of his deal to fortify up that interior of the... uh, Jags offensive line, good, good move for the Jags, uh, Vikings just kind of moving on is what it is, uh, yeah, so now I think that Jags, oh, let's see if I can remember, because I've done this already, it's now Cam Robinson, Ezra Cleveland, Luke Fortner, Brandon Sheriff, Anton Harrison, boom, look at me go, what a memory on the kid, uh, so yeah, uh, then we have two signings here. We have a contract extension. Uh, Packers edge defensive lineman Rashawn Gary signs a four-year deal up to $107 million. Uh, very good, very, very good number to get Gary at. He is one of the better edge players in the NFL. Quietly, though. Quietly, though, he's one of the better edge players. Uh, he's been very good. He's probably the Packers' best defender right now. They were smart to keep him around, and they gave him a pretty that's the thing a lot of money for gary obviously but fairly team friendly he probably could have got a little more but is what it is good for the packers for getting that deal done good for them for keeping one of their building block players for the future uh and last note up here leonard fournette playoff lenny has officially signed with the bills um I guess that Dame Harris injury is going to keep him out for the foreseeable future, obviously. So Lenny is now their third running back going into the room with James Cook and Latavius Murray and now playoff Lenny. I don't think the move really means anything, but uh, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, We enjoy, we are fans of playoff Lenny on this podcast. Either way, that'll do it. Uh, Let's move on to the Week 8 recap now. Okay, Week 8 recap time. And like always, we will start with the Monday night game, the game that is freshest in our minds. Uh, Lions 26, Raiders 14. Uh, Started off very, very, very slow for the Lions. Uh, They went in, kicked three field goals to start that game. Raiders kind of bounced back. They took the lead at some point, and then the Lions remembered that they were the Lions and the Raiders were the Raiders and just took over. Um, yeah, the this was, I mean, this was the game that we all knew that the Lions should win, and they did win, and it was the Jameer Gibbs uh, breakout game. He had 26 rushes for 152 yards and a touchdown, also adding five catches for 37 yards on the ground. 
I'm very excited to see when Monty gets back, hopefully next week, what their backfield and what that split will look like. Um, Lions, just very good team. Uh, shout out to Aleem McNeil also. Uh, very underrated defensive uh, tackle in the league right now, but he is making plays all over uh, that defensive line right now for the Lions. So I just thought that he deserves a shout out here. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, this was really just, this was the, Jameer Gibbs game, happy that he's finally here, happy for all these people who had him in fantasy, who have been hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, it finally paid off, look at you go, um, but yeah, this easy, easy Lions win, actually wasn't so easy, but the Raiders made it easy because, holy fuck, does Jimmy G absolutely stink, uh, 10 for 21 on the day for 126 yards, one interception, uh, Devontae Adams, one catch for 11 yards. Jacoby Myers, one catch for 19 yards. Devontae Adams was pissed off after the game. He asked for a trade. He asked for a trade at the start of the year. Obviously, now that the deadline's passed, we know that Devontae Adams has not been traded. Um, Yeah, the Raiders just, they just flat out stink. A lot of it has to do with Josh McDaniels. A lot of it has to do with Jimmy G just not being a good quarterback anymore. Uh, the run game can't go in Josh Jacobs, who led the NFL in rush yards last year. I mean, it's hard to rush the ball when you're constantly behind. Uh, but he had one of his better days, only 15 carries, but 61 yards and a touchdown. Also had two catches for 27 yards. Their leading receiver on the day, two catches for 27 yards. Uh, yeah, the, the Raiders just suck. I mean, 10 of their, wait. What was the final score? No, it was uh, 26-14, I said, right? Yeah, 26-14. One of their touchdowns came from a vintage Marcus Peters pick six. Haven't seen that in a while. Marcus Peters turning back the clock. was nice to see him make a play. Uh, The real story and the only reason anyone should be watching any Raiders games whatsoever, uh, Max Crosby. If Max Crosby played on any other team other than the Raiders, I think that he would be the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. That's saying a lot, considering I mean guys like T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett and uh, and Micah Parsons are all up there challenging for that award. But God, every time Max Crosby is just constantly making plays all over the field, in the backfield, getting the quarterback, stopping the runs. Ah. Uh, Forcing fumbles truly is just a man, uh, a man of all talents here. What are his stats right now on the season? Max Crosby has six and a half sacks on the year. He's got the force fumble. Either way, he's having a very, very good year. And for him being really the only star defensive player the Raiders have, the fact that he is still making that much of an impact shows how special of a player he truly is. Um, yeah, let's move off this game, go all the way back to Thursday night football. Uh, I hate to say I was right, but Chu and I kind of predicted this one. We knew it was going to be a Bills win, but it was a sloppy Sloppy Bills win. Bills 24, Buccaneers 18. Um, 
the Bills, the Bills were looking good in the the Bills were looking good in the first half there. They they went up early and then with just kind of then they just kind of teetered off and they fell flat in the second half there. Um Dalton Kincaid had a big breakout game, had a touchdown, five catches for 65 yards, one touchdown. Uh, sophomore player Khalil Shakir, six catches for 92 yards. It was a very well-rounded game from Josh Allen uh, distributing the ball uh, last Thursday. It was nice to see because we usually don't see that kind of... Uh, target share from Allen. It's usually Diggs, and it still was. I mean, Diggs on the day still had nine catches for 70 yards. He was very good. Um, but yeah, kind of like it usually does, the offense teetered off towards the end of the game there, allowed the Bucks to kind of sneak in, and they had a Hail Mary attempt, uh, which realistically, there should have been a defensive pass interference called, but... I understand why it wasn't, uh, obviously on a Hail Mary, it's just kind of a free-for-all, there's no really, there's no calls being had, however, uh, I think it was tight end Cade Auden for the Bucks just got tackled by two Bills players, uh, blatantly, so people can complain, and I mean, if they move the ball to the one, they get another chance, and then if they score a touchdown, and then kick the f- extra point, they win the game, um, Bucks have not, or Bills have been slumping lately. The Bills have been slumping lately. I am not confident in them as a team going forward. I guess we'll see what uh, Rasul Douglas can do for them moving forward. But uh, yeah, the Buccaneers on the other side, uh, you put up a good fight like you usually do, but. You just got outclassed in this game, and I think that is very fair to say. Uh, yeah, Bills are just flat out the better team. I don't, I don't remember anything really that the Bucks did in this game that impressed me or anything of note. They're just they're a solid NFC South team, which in any other division that's a bottom of the barrel team. But NFC South, they still got a chance at the playoffs somehow. Uh, Rashad White had a pretty good game. Nine carries for 39 yards, but also had seven catches for 70, leading the team. Um, Yeah, I think we will just move on, move on to this Sunday slate here. Starting off with the Jags and Steelers. Jags 20, Steelers 10. Uh, Good for the Jags for getting a sloppy, sloppy rain game in Pittsburgh winning that game, winning it quite easily. I mean, not hard to do when Kenny Pickett is Kenny Pickett, if we're being honest, but we'll get to the Steelers' side of everything in a bit. Uh, Jags just look good. Trevor Lawrence looks solid. I don't think he's taken that jump that some of us have expected to kind of hit that next tier of quarterbacks because... Right now, I'm dangerously close to just being, it's Pat Mahomes, and then there's like seven other QBs all in that same tier, don't really know how to rank them. We might get to a QB ranking, uh, actually no, we'll wait, I think we'll save that till after the season. Uh, Travis Etienne uh, continues his stretch of touchdowns there, Uh, he had a receiving touchdown, he had three catches for 70 yards on the day. 
also totaled 79 yards on the ground, only for a 3.3 average, but that's beside the point. Uh, Josh Allen, two sacks on the day. Andrew Wingard with an interception. Also, Antonio Johnson with the other interception. Uh, Again, this is just another case of the Jags just being the better team. The Jags have now won five straight, I believe, if I'm not an idiot here. Jags have won one, two, three, four, five. Five straight, five wins in October. I can't believe they lost to the Texans. That's fucking nuts. Um, but, yeah. The, the Jags are just the better team. Uh, on the other side here, Kenny Pickett, when he was out with an injury, he has a rib injury. Um, he's just not good, though. I mean, if you picked any quarterback in that 2022 draft class... You just didn't get a guy. I mean, between Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell has flashed. That's all I can say about Sam Howell at this point, but he's flashed, and we'll get to that Commander's game in a bit here. Uh, Kenny Pickett, though, was 10 for 16 for 73 yards, couldn't do anything. He gets hurt. Mitch Trubisky comes in 15 for 27, 138, with a passing touchdown and two interceptions. Not great. Not great. Uh... Not great play for the Steelers QBs here. The them and the Browns are kind of they're very similar. If both if either team had decent quarterback play, they'd easily be playoff teams. But here we are. Uh George Pickens, only one catch for 22 yards on the day, but he did get a touchdown off that one catch. And he hurdled the guy. He hurdled the guy to get into the end zone. George Pickens is just fucking great. I love George Pickens so much. He deserves he deserves more. He he deserves more than someone like Kenny Pickett throwing him the ball. Uh, this this run game, though, for the Steelers is just terrible. Najee Harris, seven carries for 13 yards. Uh, Jalen Warren, five for 19. They just both stink. Like, Jalen Warren's maybe slightly better. I don't know what it is with Najee, but... His straight-line speed, it looks like he's running in quicksand. His agility back and forth is great, but who cares how fast you can go side-to-side when you need to go up the field to gain yards? He always looks like he makes it way too hard on himself, too, where if he just kind of runs... run, If, if Najee Harris just runs forward, he would be a much better running back, but he tries way too hard to make way too many plays, and he's just not that guy that he was at Bama. I thought he was. I love Najee Harris coming out of the draft. Did not expect him to be this type of player. But here we are. Uh, TJ Watt do anything today? TJ Watt, half a sack on the day. Very nice. Very nice. We will keep moving on. We will be go... That was bad. We will go on to the Jets and Giants game. 13-10 to for the Jets. The game went to overtime. What a bad fucking game. Oh my god. Uh, I took the under. It was painfully obvious. This was a very, very wet, rainy game too. Uh, and really, I mean, it's the only reason why the Jets win games is because that defense is really, really, really fucking good. Brees Hall is a very good running back. And they have Garrett Wilson. They got the great defense. Great running back, great wide receiver. Everything else is awful. The offensive line is 
god awful. They got even more hurt. Um, this week, I think they lost two more starters to IR. Uh, yeah, Jets O line is getting absolutely killed. But hey, the Jets are four and three now. Is that right? Four? And, yeah, the Jets are four and three now. Uh, crazy. And this is a team that might get Aaron Rodgers back somehow. Somehow, I don't know how how it's going to happen, but uh, a report came out. I mean, Sala said that, yeah, there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers comes back for a playoff push. That would be absolutely insane. I think the Jets, Jets have a bit... Not even. The Jets do not have a hard remaining schedule. Let's just, let's just, we got Chargers, Raiders, Bills, Dolphins, Falcons, Texans, Dolphins, Commanders, Browns, Patriots. Not a lot of hard games in that stretch. There is a, there is a possibility that the Jets make the playoffs. They need to keep pace with the Steelers and the Browns and the Bengals. I think the Bengals have ascended and, because I think it's, it's, it's truly coming down to, Steelers, Browns, and Jets. I think for that last wild card spot, we will see which team gets the better quarterback play uh, for the rest of the year. And somehow it might be Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, again, not great. Not great, but he did enough today, and that's what matters. Um, Giants on the other side. Tyrod Taylor left the game with an injury, with a rib injury. Uh, went to the hospital for it, stayed there overnight, wishing the best for him, but Tyrod goes out, and who's the Giants' third-string quarterback? None other than Syracuse football alum Tommy DeVito. Now, a lot of you have probably never heard Tommy DeVito's name until Sunday. For good reason, he shouldn't be an NFL quarterback. Uh, he went two for seven for negative one yards on the day. Uh, brutal. I was fortunate enough to see Tommy DeVito in his heyday back when he was the Syracuse starting QB. Uh, I went with Cam and another buddy of mine, Connor, to go see Trevor Lawrence and Clemson play Syracuse. Uh, and Tommy DeVito wasn't a good college quarterback. I don't know how he finessed his way to get onto the Giants roster, but you have to find a better guy. Like, the Giants just couldn't throw the football. They were so scared to throw the football, and you willingly kept this guy on your roster for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then and then Daniel Jones gets hurt, and then here's Tommy... Yeah, sorry, I just had a notification pop up, but Daniel Jones gets hurt. Tyrod, you know, okay, he's going to play. And then instead of looking for another backup, you're like, oh, Tommy DeVito's fine. Tommy DeVito is not fine. The fact that the Giants were even in this game without a passing, without any kind of passing attack, is absolutely nuts. Um, and, I mean, literally all credit to Saquon Barkley. 36 carries, 128 yards. He deserves all of Daniel Jones' money. Flat out, plain and simple, give him Daniel Jones' contract. Give Daniel Jones the $10 million franchise tech and kick him to the curb next year. Uh, but, yeah, the Giants need to find a better quarterback than Tommy DeVito. He is... He is not it. He is not the guy whatsoever, and I think that's kind of all I have to say. We can move on from this game. Uh, Darren Waller left the game with an injury, uh, so another injury for the Giants there. Not great. 
Okay, so uh, I fucked up, and I now have to redo a bunch of these games. Uh, it's late. I'm very tired. I'm going to rapid-fire this. Uh, Texans 13, Panthers 15 uh, was the battle of first and second and third overall picks. Uh, Bryce Young obviously going against C.J. Stroud and uh, Will Anderson there. Bryce Young uh, looked very good, uh, was 22 of 31 on the day, 235 yards, one passing touchdown, uh, was the reason why this Panthers team won, essentially, him and Adam Thielen. Um, Panthers found a good one. You just kind of need to get a better cube or better offense to surround him to truly make him flourish because 33-year-old Adam Thielen can't really do it all. Um, yeah. Uh, defense is looking better. This was, I mean, sloppy game in general. Texans on the other side. Uh, Stroud's worst game of his rookie year so far was only 16, 16 for 24, 140 yards, no passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, didn't really get a bunch, any other help anywhere else. Uh, but it's been a good, it's been, it's been a good year for the, uh, it's been a good year for the Texans. They're frisky and fun. They're not very good, but they're trending in the right direction, and that's kind of all you can hope for. Uh, moving on, Patriots 17, Dolphins 31. Uh, the Dolphins are good. The Dolphins are good. I say this every week. Actually, I don't say it every week because when we lost to the Bills and when we lost to the Eagles, I was feeling down. But Dolphins' offense continues to roll Uh Tua on the day, 30 of 45, 324 yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Waddle, seven catches for 121 yards, one touchdown. Tyree Kill, eight catches for 112 yards, one touchdown. Uh, then Tua also completed a pass to eight other receivers on the day. Uh, some call him a one-read quarterback. I call that bullshit. Uh, the Dolphins are really good. Uh, the run game, the Patriots did a good job to keep it in check, and Tua just kept dicing. Uh, I don't know. The Dolphins are fantastic. The defense is shaping up into form to three sacks on the day, one from Jalen Phillips, one from Christian Wilkins, one from Bradley Chubb, and Jalen Ramsey made his triumphant debut in those nice white Miami throwback uniforms. And he he is as advertised an interception on the day. He also forced a fumble that didn't count. That's beside the point. But Jalen Ramsey making himself known out there. Mac Jones just didn't target that side of the field that he was on whatsoever. The one time he did, he was intercepted. Uh, yeah. At last note for the Dolphins here, uh, Tua is now 6-0 and in his career versus Bill and the Patriots, which is the most regular season wins for any QB uh, versus, the, versus this Patriots tenure with Bill as the head coach. That's more than Peyton Manning. That's more than Ben Roethlisberger. That's more than Josh Allen. It's more than Pat Mahomes. Uh, two is just the Patriots killer. Simple as that. They haven't beat him in four years now. I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. Uh, Patriots on the other side. I mean, this is just a simple, you got outclassed. You're not a good team whatsoever. Your offense is 
disgustingly smelly. Uh, and now your number one receiver, Kendrick Bourne, is out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. Uh, yeah, really, really as simple as that. Mac Jones wasn't bad on the day other than that interception. 19 of 29, 161 yards, two passing touchdowns, and that interception, I was saying. Uh, my one good note, though, for the Patriots, Kyle Duggar, uh, he is great back there. He had a, his interception on Tua was absolutely fantastic. Also finished with a sack on the day. He looks the part. Uh, and yeah, I was told all week by Chu that JC Jackson is back in the form and Jack Jones is back to be in him and Tyreek and Waddle just torched them all, all game, all game. I love, love to see it. Uh, and the Patriots are currently the worst team in the AFC right now. It's a factual stat. The Patriots, uh, as of October 31st, 2023, are the worst team in the AFC. Uh, we shall keep moving on, though. Uh, Falcons 23, Titans 28. Uh, Will Levis, welcome to the NFL, currently on pace to be the best quarterback ever. Uh, he finished the day 19 of 29, 238 yards, four passing touchdowns, and all four of his passing touchdowns were just bombs. He was slinging it all day. His arm is as advertised. Uh, he looked great and throwing nukes, and who better to catch those nukes than Nuke Hopkins himself? Uh, four catches for 128 yards, three touchdowns. The other touchdown was caught by Nick Westbrook-Akine. Uh, yeah, uh, Titans shouldn't start Ryan Tannehill for the rest of the season. This should be Will Levis's team for the rest of the year, probably going into the next year. I guess we'll see how he looks in the rest of these games. They do have the Steelers coming up on Thursday, uh, so we will see. But this is a Titans team that could quietly make some noise, maybe get into the mix of uh, that last AFC playoff spot. I guess we will see. Uh and after rumors Derrick Henry was going to get shopped, uh, I think they actually had a trade in place with the Ravens and the Titans owner uh, kiboshed that at the last minute. But Derrick Henry on the day, 22 carries for 101 yards. Uh, and rookie Tajay Spears, three carries for 27 yards. He continues to look nice, but this was Derrick Henry's backfield today. Uh, yeah, the Titans look good. Titans, Titans trending up. Uh, Falcons, on the other hand, Desmond Ritter leaves the game with a concussion. And after he was cleared to come back into the game, they just it was like, you know what? Why don't you just why don't you just stay over there? Stay on the bench. Uh, and they brought in Taylor Heineke, who did okay, I guess. Uh, 12 for 21, 175 yards, one passing touchdown. Uh, not really a ton to say about this uh, team. Other than, I am so, like... I like Arthur Smith. I think Arthur Smith is a good head coach, but I am over him splitting carries with Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson. Bijan, 11 carries, 62 yards, 5.6 average, one touchdown. Tyler Algier, uh, eight rushes for 31 yards on the day, 3.9 average. Tyler Algier on the year so far, 104 carries, 332 yards for 3.2 average. Bijan, on the other hand, is has 92 attempts for 466 yards and 5.1 average. He's the better back. Get him involved more. Tyler Algier doesn't need to be on the field. Move on from him. He's a fine backup, but make Bijan the focal point of this running attack. Uh, 
yeah, I think it's as simple as that. Uh, last note for the Falcons, too. Grady Jarrett, uh, their star defensive tackle, is out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. Sucks for the Falcons. I guess we'll see how this defense looks without him uh, being a part of that unit anymore. But we will move on. Uh, next game up, Vikings 24, Packers 10. Um, I guess we'll start off with the Kirk Cousins injury. Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles. He is out for the rest of the year. Um... And it just sucks. Sucks who Kirk, he loves Minnesota and he loves Minneapolis. He loves the Vikings. He wanted to retire there. He wanted to stay a Viking. Um, and this is just kind of the way it ends for him. I think that the Vikings aren't going to bring him back next season. I think that just they, they want to move on, find a new quarterback. It is what it is at this point. But Kirk did everything for this Vikings team. Uh, not everything, but like... He's the reason this Vikings team has looked passable without Justin Jefferson uh, in the offense the last few weeks. He is, he's had a very, very good year, and he finished it off with a pretty good game before the in, uh, injury too. 23 of 31, 274 yards, two passing touchdowns. Uh, then backup Jaron Hall came in, 3 of 4, 23 yards, and I said at the top of the show, actually I didn't because that also got deleted because I am a bozo, but... um. Yeah, uh, they traded for Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs will now be their QB going forward. I guess we'll see how that looks. But just sucks that the Vikings, who were trending up, their defense has been playing better. Um, they were, they're in a playoff spot currently, but now it looks like it's all for naught. Uh, we'll see you next year, Vikings. Uh, Packers, on the other hand, I mean, this is a very, very young Packers offense that is just not meshing well. Uh I think the Packers receivers lead the league in drops. Uh, and it's like, people are like, oh, you blame Jordan Love. Well, he has a, his, his receivers are dropping the ball a ton. However, when you adjust the completion percentage for drops, Jordan Love is still 30th. So, um, yeah, the Packers, the Packers aren't just, just aren't a good team. They have a lot to figure out. None of these guys, None of the pass catchers on offense are really kind of solidifying themselves as true NFL guys. Christian Watson, who I thought could have been a wide receiver one, he's kind of trailing off. Uh, Jane Reed's looked promising in his rookie year so far. I mean, he has 20 catches for 314 yards and three TDs so far on the year, but uh, just not just not a good Packers team this year. They'll regroup some point next year. Jordan Love, I think he will be their QB next year too. They'll probably bring in some like vet competition for him. But uh, yeah, we will keep moving on because I am so tired. Ugh. Uh, next game up, Rams 20, Cowboys 43. Scorigami uh, was the best the Cowboys have looked all season on offense. Dak, 25 of 31, 304 yards, four passing touchdowns, interception on the day. C.D. Lamb, one of the best games of his career as well. 12 catches, 158 yards, two TDs. Uh, yeah, was just all the Cowboys. Cowboys completely outclassed the Rams, as kind of we've been talking about. Uh, Deron Bland also had a pick six on the day. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys just flat out the better team, I think. Simple as that. They they looked good. They played better. Obviously, they played better. They kicked the shit out of them. But, uh, yeah. 
good for the Cowboys for getting that win after the bye, after, I mean, two not great performances. I mean, they got their shit kicked in by the Niners and then a close game to the Chargers and they had their bye, reset everything, whoop the Rams. I guess we'll see what they do against the Eagles last week because that will be a true test. Uh, Rams on the other side, though, not a good day in general. Matt Stafford, 13 of 22 for 162 yards, one passing touchdown, one interception. Then he left the game with a thumb injury. He's considered day-to-day. Uh, nothing really for Puka Nakua, nothing really for Cooper Cup. Couldn't really get anything going with either of them. Couldn't get anything in the passing game going. Uh, Shout-out to Royce Freeman, who's playing pretty damn well. Uh, nine carries for 44 yards and a touchdown on the day. Um... Yeah, uh, let's keep moving. Eagles 38, Commanders 31. Uh, this Eagles offense is absolutely rolling. Uh, A.J. Brown, eight c- catches for 130 yards, two touchdowns. And with that performance, A.J. Brown records his sixth straight re- Sixth straight game with 125-plus receiving yards, breaking the NFL record previously held by Calvin Johnson. Uh, Devontae Smith also had a very good game, two, seven catches, 99 yards, one touchdown. DeAndre Swift added to the offense as well, 57 yards, one touchdown. Uh, He had two catches for seven yards, but I didn't really need to mention that. Jalen Hurts on the day, uh, 29 of 38, 319 yards, four passing touchdowns. However, he did have a fumble, and it was the tush push. The commanders have finally stopped the brotherly shove, the tush push, even though it was just Jalen Hurts fumbling the ball. That's beside the point. The brotherly shove got stopped. It was nice to actually see it get stopped for once. Um, yeah, uh, obviously the defense didn't really play that great. Uh, I was shocked that Eagles front seven couldn't generate a ton of pressure on Sam Howell. Sam Howell only sacked once on the day, which, (coughs) sorry, very sorry. Uh, Only sacked once on the day, which is huge for him, considering, I mean, what his pace has been for sacks for the year so far. Uh, Yeah, I was saying earlier that, I mean, you picked a QB in the 2022 class, you picked a stinker. Uh, Sam Howell is the only one kind of defying those odds right now. He was 39 of 52, 397 yards, four passing touchdowns, one interception on the day. Uh, I think Sam Howell has done enough to earn this job for next year anyways. I don't think the commanders will be bad enough to be picking one of these top two quarterbacks anyways. Um, Maybe now that they've traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat. uh, I doubt it though. Um... We shall see. We shall see. Uh, this this defense is, I don't think, going to be very good now that uh, those two guys are gone. But I guess we will see. Uh, next game up, Saints 38, Colts 27. Big bounce back game from the Saints and a huge game from Rashid Shahid. Three catches for 153 yards, one touchdown. If you're keeping track at home, that is averaging 51 yards a catch for him. Uh, Absolutely huge. I mean, I think Spill said it in the group chat where basically it's every other week he has one of those massive long catches. Uh, Was nice to see Chris Olave, a little bit of a quieter day from him. Five catches for 46 yards and a dropped pass off his helmet. Uh, but if you're PFF, you don't count that as a drop pass, apparently. This is why we can't take PFF 
as gospel in the football community because there's things like that that just don't make any sense where Derek Carr, very, very nice ball, hits Olave literally on top of the head. Would have been an easy catch if he knew that the ball was there. Um, should be counted for a drop. Maybe it's not a drop because he doesn't get his hands on it, which is just stupid because like, if I throw the ball, it just hits you square in the chest. That should be a drop. Uh, beside the point, though, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Saints still aren't good, but good for them to beat the Colts anyways, keeping on pace for the NFC South title race. Ooh. Uh, Colts, on the other hand, though, uh, good day rushing for them. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 12 rushes, 95 yards for 7.9 average. Zach Moss, 11 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they're running the ball well, and I, this isn't the year for the Colts. Obviously, we knew that this wasn't the year for the Colts, but they are setting themselves up. Very nicely for next year. They'll probably have a top 10 pick. Anthony Richardson will be back healthy. The offensive line will be healthier. They'll have this running attack with Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Uh, Josh Downs has been one of the better rookie receivers so far this year. He he in this game, seven catches for 72 yards on the game. And on the season right now, he has 40 catches for 473 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, He's been very good. So when Richardson comes back next year... This offense is ready to fly. Uh, I'm excited. The Colts are really trending in the right direction. I think the Colts can be a sneaky, not even sneaky good team. I think the Colts could just flat out be a good team next year. But that's next year's talk. I guess we will see. Uh, Next game up, Seahawks 24, Browns 20. Was all the Seahawks at the start of the game. They jump out with a 17 to nothing lead. The Browns slowly climb back into it. And when I say the Browns, I mean the Browns' defense slowly get them back into it. They get the lead, and then Geno Smith throws a late touchdown pass to Jackson Smith and Jigba to seal the deal. Uh, The Seahawks' defense is, I'm a big fan of it right now. It keeps getting better every single week. Uh, Reek Woolen with an interception on the day. Julian Love with an interception on the day. Uh, they're both looking good. They just add in Leonard Williams now for this coming week. That'll be a big boost for this defensive line, who has also been performing well. Boye Maffe with a sack on the day. Daryl Taylor with a sack on the day. Jordan Brooks with a sack on the day. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Seahawks defense. The Seahawks offense, however, uh, Geno Smith is not living up to what he did last year. I think we kind of all knew this. Geno Smith is a game manager. He's not that great. Uh but that'll be the big reason why the Seahawks don't win. Uh, and when I say win, I mean win the Super Bowl. I don't think that they will win a Super Bowl with Geno Smith. I don't think that that's that bold of a take. It might be. Uh, who knows? Uh, but yeah, but Geno Smith on the season right now, nine touchdowns, six interceptions, not that great. Needs to get those interception numbers down. That's for damn sure. Uh, but... They won it late. Wins are all that matters. Uh, Browns on the other side. If they had any other quarterback, but P.J. Walker back there or Deshaun Watson, this would be a very, very good team. They're like the Steelers, where if the Steelers just upgraded their quarterback, the Steelers would be a very good team. But unfortunately, that's not how it works. Uh, This Browns defense, though, is just keeping them in the game. Uh, Miles Garrett with a sack on the dame. Uh, Maurice Hurst with an interception. Is it Martin? It is Martin. Martin Emerson also with an interception on the day. Uh, Miles Garrett also with a forced fumble. 
the defense is what kept them in. The defense is what kept them in this game. But uh, if they had anyone else at quarterback, uh, it would be different. It would be different. They would be a much better team. Uh, I think I'm going to save this take for next week's episode. Next week, I'm going to kind of do like a mid-season breakdown. We'll talk about all the teams. We're not going to recap the games. Just kind of talk, talk about some things. What's going on? What are we liking about them? What are we not liking about them? Have our expectations changed? Blah, 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 blah. Um, I'll save that take for that episode. We shall keep going. Next game up, Broncos 24, Chiefs 9. Uh, somehow, the Broncos, for the first time in since the Barack administration, have beaten the Chiefs. Um, crazy to say. Uh, 24 to 9. Russ on the day, 12 for 19. 114 yards, 3 touchdowns. Weird fucking stat line. Uh... Yeah, but this the Broncos really didn't do that much, if we're being honest. They just kind of, they limited their own turnovers. And when I say they limited their own turnovers, they only had one turnover on the day from Mr. Russell Wilson himself uh, with a fumble. And the Chiefs turned the ball over five times. That's the big difference. Pat Mahomes with two interceptions, one fumble. Marcus Valdez-Scantling with a fumble. Michael Hardman with a fumble. Uh, yeah, you can't turn the ball over five times and expect to win the game, even if the Broncos have never beaten you in a decade, but that's beside the point. Uh, I know Mahomes was battling the flu and whatever, but this Chiefs offense just hasn't looked good all year, if we're really being honest. Um, they, so far for this year, they scored... 20, 20 points against the Lions, 17 against the Jags, 41 against the Bears, big whoop, uh, 23 at the Jets, 27 on the Vikings, 19 on the Broncos, 31 on the Chargers, 9 at the Broncos. Uh, this Chiefs offense is truly what is kind of uh, what's keeping them back of being another Super Bowl-type team again. Uh it's really just Travis Kelsey is their only star pass catcher on the offense. Uh, rookie Rishi Rice has been quietly doing his thing, but he hasn't really emerged as like a true number one or even a number two. I don't know. Uh, Chiefs defense is still very good. They had six sacks in the day. George Carr laughed as two and a half sacks. He's quietly also having a very good season. But I'm not worried about the Chiefs defense. The Chiefs defense has been the better unit all year. This Chiefs offense really needs to get it going, though, because that's just it. I mean, I trust any offense with Pat Mahomes, a QB, and Andy Reid as the head coach that they will be fine. But to win a Super Bowl, the offense needs to be better than fine. Let's just be honest. Uh, we will keep moving on. Next game up, Bengals 31, Niners 17. The Bengals are here. The Bengals are back. Uh Offense is clicking fully. Defense is clicking fully. Burrow on the day, 28 of 32, 283 yards, three passing touchdowns. Also added 43 yards rushing on the ground. What a day from him. Jamar Chase, 10 catches, 100 yards, one touchdown. Higgins, five catches for 69 yards. Tyler Boyd, three catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Mixon, 16 carries, 87 yards, and a touchdown. The Bengals are back. Bengals are very good. Uh... If you know, I release my power rankings uh, every Tuesday. 
uh, and the Bengals are in my top five. The Bengals are my fourth best team. Bengals are good. The Bengals, we obviously, they started slow to start the year with that Joe Burrow injury, uh, and now they're kind of what we expected, what we thought they would be, um, which is good, which is good. They're a, they're a very good team. The Bengals are here now, uh, still fourth in their division right now, or technically tied for second, however you want to look at it, but they will get one of these playoff spots, I'm sure of it, um, Niners on the other side, uh, Brock Purdy turned into a pumpkin again, uh, two interceptions late in the game to kind of seal their fate in this one, other than those two picks, he played really, really well, but those two picks were backbreakers, uh, he was 22 of 31, 365 yards, one passing touchdown, two interceptions, added 57 yards rushing on the ground as well, uh, CMC, Another touchdown, that's just kind of what he does. Uh, he's been phenomenal. I think that's seven, 17 straight games now with a touchdown. Uh, it was a big George Kittle game, nine catches for 149 yards. Love George Kittle, love seeing him put up numbers like that. Um, yeah, and now this Niners team goes on by after three straight losses. They get the Jags when they come off by, and now they have Chase Young, so we will see how this Niners team looks going forward. They should be fine. I don't think anyone's really pushing the panic button on the Niners being true frauds, but I think this is kind of what we get. This is this this is the Brock Purdy that we get now. I don't think that that guy who went 11-0 and is coming back. I think Brock Purdy is still a good quarterback, good meaning game manager type of quarterback. I don't think he's anything special, but all the Niners need is a game manager and... That's what they're getting. They don't like playing from behind in games and needing Brock Purdy to come from behind and win a game is asking a lot. Um, next game up here, Ravens 31, Cardinals 24. Uh, Ravens kind of fell back down to earth slightly after a huge, huge win against the uh, Lions last week. I mean, they still scored 31, but uh, Lamar... Only 18 of 27 for 157 on the day. One passing touchdown. It was the Gus Bus show. Three touchdowns on the day. Huge day for him. Uh, but yeah, this was just... Ravens were firmly in control. Uh, Cardinals got a backdoor cover. Scored 17 points in the fourth quarter to close that gap. But Ravens were firmly in control for this whole game. I think right now my top class of the AFC. We got the Ravens, we got the Dolphins, and we got the Bengals. Those are the three best teams. I'm not... Chiefs are out of it right now. Bills are out of it right now. I need to see more of them. Um, uh, I'm, I'm truly expecting the Dolphins to whoop the Chiefs in Germany this week, but that will be a Friday show topic. Uh, Cardinals, on the other hand, this was Josh Dobbs' last start as a Cardinal. 25 of 37, 208 yards, two passing touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, yeah, Josh Dobbs now a Viking. So that means we will get Clayton Toon, rookie Clayton Toon this week, or Kyler will be back. And I'm expecting when Kyler gets back for this offense to take a jump and put them out of the Caleb Williams or Drake May conversations. Uh, I guess we'll see, though. Um, 
I'm I I'm excited for Kyler to come back. I'm still a believer in Kyler, and I think now that they finally have a good coach there in Jonathan Gannon, and this offense has looked pretty good with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. Kyler is a way better talent at quarterback, so I'm expecting I'm expecting better things from the Cardinals. Um, shout out to Trey McBride though on the day: ten catches for ninety five yards, one touchdown. Big day for the sophomore tight end with Zach Ertz being out. Uh, that's what we like to see. And last game up, I really sped through those. Holy shit. Uh, and last game up, Bears 13, Chargers 30. Uh, wasn't wasn't a great, I mean, was a great game from Justin Herbert, all things considered. 31 of 40, 298 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Uh, but I was told all off seasons that Kellen Moore was going to come in here and Oh, they're going to reinvent the offense, and it's going to be Herbert throwing down the field, throwing missiles, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's just not. It looks the exact same as Joe Lombardi's offense did last year. It's check down after check down to their best player, Austin Eckler, who had seven catches for 94 yards on the day and a touchdown, if I remember that off the top of my head. I did. I did. Austin Eckler hasn't been great running the ball, but he's still a very, very good receiver out of the backfield. And uh, I'm looking at Justin Herbert's passing chart here. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He has eight passing attempts, 10 yards plus, and he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And he has 10 passing attempts behind the line of scrimmage, or line of scrimmage, or behind. Um, it's check down after check down, and this is kind of what the QB analysis is, is, oh, he has a strong arm, he's better than all these other guys. He doesn't use that arm, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I expect more from someone who was touted as elite, the next great quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Justin Herbert, top 10 quarterback, I've been saying it all this time, but he he's not special. And that's fine. Top 10 quarterback, doesn't use his arm like he should. I don't know if he's scared to throw the ball down the field. I don't know if Kellen Moore just really isn't scheming up any downfield shots for him, but whatever. Uh, shout out to Quinn Johnson, though, actually getting involved in this game. Five catches for 50 yards. They're finally scheming him some touches. Good for him. Um, yeah, Bears on the other side. I mean... After winning last week with rookie Tyson Bajent, uh, they fell back down the earth, 25 of 37, 232 yards, two interceptions on the day. I don't really have much to say about the Bears. I mean, they did get Montez Sweat, so we'll see what this defense looks like now. But, um, yeah, I don't have much to say. I still have to re-record the introduction of this podcast again. Eh. But, uh, so we'll just leave it here. We'll leave it here. Uh, if you've liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.